Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. I am solo today as Zach is giving a lesson to a Sugarloaf member. Uh, Zach, hope you're doing well with that. I am joined by Executive Director of the New England PGA, Mike Higgins. Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Henry, I'm doing great. Thanks for the, for the time and uh, the opportunity to join you today. Hey, it's, uh, it's 2020. It's good to hear someone say they're doing great. Yeah, well... You know what? I've complained enough about 2020, so I'm done with complaining. I'm taking the half half full approach for the rest of the year. How's that? There we go. Now, talk us through this recent injury. You blew your Achilles out the other day. What what the heck happened there? Well, I'm just you know I'm, I'm you know an Olympic level athlete. You know, so I'm always really pushing it. Yeah. Uh, no, I wish I wish I had a cool cool story to tell you. I. I uh, um, the doctor said it's probably you've got some high arches and some bone spurs, and you've you know, started working out during the, during the pandemic and probably wasn't wearing the, the proper, proper shoes. And I was getting older and I was probably a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. So now mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm enjoying physical therapy and I had something called uh, shock therapy today, which is excruciating. Uh, but, uh, um, I don't know, maybe another week or so I'll try swinging in a boot, see if I can hit a golf ball, uh, wearing a shin high boot. Who knows? Well, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, if anybody asks, I'll just say, look, he was 290 from the, the flag, par five. He was going for it in two, driver off the deck. Hey, you should have seen the shot, but, man, yep. that tore his Achilles, right? <laughs> when yeah, blew his Achilles out swinging too hard. Going yep. par fives and two, that's what I get. <laughs> uh, so before we get into, you know, the New England PGA and everything that's been going on this year, uh, you know, let's go back. Let's talk about how you got in the game and – and uh, growing up in Massachusetts, yeah. So I'm a central central Mass guy. So you know our our golf season is is short, and we we certainly not as short as, as up where you are, but we we uh, we try to get a year's worth of golf in in about uh, eight eight months or nine months at most. And my dad was a golfer, so he uh, he, he taught me the game, and, and uh, you know he and I would 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 play play a lot of golf as a kid, and, and I went to place in Worcester, Massachusetts called Green Hill Municipal, where PGA professional Bruce Doby was a head pro and he'd have some junior junior programs every every Thursday. And then when I think I was 13 or 14, <coughs> excuse me, I went to <coughs> work for Art Harris, PGA, uh, New York PGA Hall of Famer, who was at uh, the, uh, it was called Mount Pleasant back then, now it's called the Haven in, in Boylston, Massachusetts. And one day working in the bag room, uh, the club was hosting a New England PGA Assistance Association event, and I started talking to Ron Green, who's a, who's a Mainer, lives in Portland, and uh, he's retired from the section, and he introduced me to Ed Carboni, who was the executive director at the time, and I ended up coming on board doing an internship back in 1996, and then was hired as the 
uh, junior golf manager in 1997, and then I was a tournament manager, and then a tournament director, and then a director of tournament operations, and and now I'm enjoying the executive director position. So 20, 24 years later, uh, after my internship, I'm still I'm still here. So I guess I'm doing something something right, or they they're they're getting a good deal. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but I really I really enjoy it. It's been it's been uh, it's been a great run and, it, and it's changed every year. My role's kind of changed every year, modified every year. So it does not feel like Groundhog Day and we've got a great staff. And, and I, I think the best section in, in the country, both on the, you know, the member side as, as well as our season and, and five different states and um, you know, the different chapters, it's, it's a pretty unique experience and it's pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, what a, what an upbringing it sounds like, you know, um, being able to work at a, at a club like that, Bagroom, picking the range, I, you know, I, we've talked with a few other pros and people in the industry, and it, it seems like that's kind of how it all starts out, you know, our parents dropping us off as kids and just playing golf all day, and then, oh, hey, you want to work here? <laughs> no, no, exactly. uh, I guess so. <laughs> no, that was, that was babysitting back then, right? My parents would, my next door neighbor golfed, his name was Rich, so Rich and I would play, play golf, and, you know, his dad would drop us off one day, and then my mom would drop us off the next day. We'd play two or three different public golf courses in central Massachusetts. And, and that was it. You, you, you know, you get three bucks on you, which was enough to buy a couple sodas and a couple hot dogs. And, and you're good for the day. It was cheap babysitting for our, our parents back, <laughs> back exactly. then. Daycare. No, but I, I, I enjoy it. I miss, miss those days. And then, you know, be able to play late night at, at, uh, at Mount Pleasant, you know, after the last cart, you know, comes in, you try to cram in as many holes as you can before you get dark. So this time of year, it was great because we could play till, you know, nine o'clock at night. So you try to get all your holes in and, and uh, uh, you know, play the private, you know, kid growing up in a municipal golf course would be working at a, this high-end private club in Central Mass. And, you know, I, I had never seen grass so, <laughs> so perfectly manicured. So it was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, that's isn't that the best time of day to play? Honestly, I mean, I, outside of early morning, if you're willing to wake up, I mean, you can't beat five six o'clock at night. It's it's, it's perfect because it's 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 peaceful. I, I'm like you though. I love I love the morning. I love being first off. That's what I try to do now. You know, the dew dew on the greens and and just the, the smell of you know fresh cut grass after the mowers go go by. It's it's nothing nothing better. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, uh, you know, so you grew up in the game you, and you were no slouch. You were, you were quite the player back in the day before you were blowing out your Achilles mid, mid downswing. <laughs> so talk, talk to me a, li- a little bit about your game. Some of the terms. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, glory, what Bruce Springsteen song glory days, right. You know, we could sit and talk about, uh, how things used to be, but no, I, I, uh, yeah, I had a pretty, pretty successful junior, junior golf career. We, didn't have quite as many events uh, back then as we as we do now. So you you know you you had to be pretty pretty selective to, you know to make sure you uh, uh, knew where they were and when they were to be played because there weren't that many. And um, you know I, I I my parents didn't you know I didn't go to college and I wasn't uh, you know up to you know on, on recruiting or how to um, you know play golf in college until it was too late. By the time I I realized, you know, maybe I'd like to play golf in college, you know, reaching out to a few schools and, and most of the coaches were like, you know what, our, our money's gone. You know, we, we started this years ago. So I knew I wanted to be in sports for, for a career. So I started looking at what schools had a sport management program 
and where maybe I could try to walk on. And uh, uh, I, I ended up looking at a small school in North Carolina called Elon College, which is now Elon University. And, uh, you know, the stars aligned, I guess. I, I was able to walk on the, on the team and, and play golf down there and you know, really, really enjoyed it. You know, coming, coming, you know, be kind of being a big fish in a little pond up here going down there. And, uh, you know, oh my goodness. it helped me make me a better, better, better player, you know, trying to play with guys that were better than you, you know, trying to always practice and, and, and keep your game up and keep it sharp and feeding off the other guys. And, uh, it was good. It was a good experience. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I kind of, when I graduated, I, you know, jumped into the work thing and jumped into the New England PGA and stopped playing competitively until, I don't know, I took I don't know, 10, 15 years off. And then in uh, 2015, the uh, Mass Am was at Oak Hill, which I love. It's one of my favorite golf courses in Central Mass. And a qualif the qualifying site was at Cyprian Keys, which was right next to our office in Boylston, Mass. And I said, you know what? I haven't tried or played in, in an amateur event in 15 years and signed up and somehow shot a 75 and qualified and uh, played in my first Mass Am in I don't know how many how many years. So it's now I, I just kind of look at the schedule. If we have an open uh, week at, at the section, maybe I'll play in a four ball with a, with a friend or, yeah. um, you know, I'll try the – I was going to play in the uh, – I was scheduled to play at Green Hill this year. How about that? I was going to kind of go back to my old roots and uh, channel the the – 12 year old my kiggins but I, I blew my Achilles out and I couldn't couldn't play it at, at uh, Green Hill so I'm kind of bumming kind of bumming about that but you know whatever it's all it's all good I'll 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 let's see how the boot works maybe I'll play some fall stuff in a boot <laughs> now it's on which which leg is it on I left so I can, oh, I can well, yeah, yeah just it might be good for the irons just post up on it that's it that's it <laughs> exactly so um, how often are you able to get out and play and, and where do you play when you, when you do get out? Yeah. So uh, about seven years ago, I, I joined Worcester country club and it's uh host of the probably one of the best U S opens in history, 1925 and the first Ryder cup in, in 1927. And then it also hosted the women's U S open in 1960. So up and up until, uh, a few years ago, it was one of the only golf courses in the in the country to host all three of those major championships. I think Pinehurst has it now, and um, so I try to play. I've got two two kids, so I try to play as early as I can on like a Saturday or Sunday. Go off at seven a.m. and be done by ten thirty, and uh, still be able to spend some time with with the family. So I'm 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 usually a, a one day weekend player, and then if I'm fortunate enough to you know play with some sponsors or uh, you know, some work, some work golf, uh, during the weekday, but, uh, it's mostly, mostly I'm a Saturday morning guy. Yeah. It's interesting about Worcester country club. I didn't, I didn't really know the history there, but you know, there's so many courses across new England that, you know, that, I mean, even I'm here at Martindale right now and they're celebrating their centennial, I believe next year. I mean, that's just, uh, special. that's crazy. And then, you know, yeah. I just played Kibo Valley, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that course is one of the first ones in the, built in the country. So, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty neat. Well, our our, our section championship this year is a pretty cool example and pretty cool history. Is at uh, Myopia, the Myopia Hunt Club in in 
South Hamilton, Mass. And Myopia has hosted four U.S. Opens. It, uh, wow. I, I believe it still has two records, the highest winning score in U.S. Open history and the highest score posted on a single hole in the U.S. <laughs> Open. So it was a pretty – so, and they hosted the very first New England PGA Championship 100 years ago. So this year will be our 100th New England PGA Championship. So we're going back to where it all, all started, where, where Gil Nichols won it back in 19 – 1921. So we're really excited about, about uh, uh, our section championship this year. And we're hoping for a big field. We're hoping for a lot of our senior tenured guys to come back and, and none of our, none of our pros were around in 1921. So no one's played in both uh, 21 and the, and the 20 uh, New England PGA championships, but it, it's going to, I'm really excited about that. That's what's getting me through the, these tough times knowing we've got some great major championships coming up in the fall and, Let's just hope that people do their part to stay healthy and stay safe so we don't have any resurgence of this uh, in, in Massachusetts and we can, we can play our golf this fall. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like looking down, I'm on the schedule right now, and I mean, it just looks like you guys have done an incredible job of putting a, a great schedule in place. And I'm sure you've had to make a few phone calls as uh, the rest of your staff has as well with, you know, rescheduling with everything that's gone on. It's, Definitely been an interesting start to our 2020. Yeah, no, it certainly has, Henry. I mean, we, we from, from, from day one, when this whole thing happened, we said, okay, what, what can we do to help our PGA professionals? What can we do to help our members in the New England section? And we said, let's be the clearinghouse for information for our professionals. And if we can provide them as much information as we can on what is going on in New England, in their state, in the golf industry, so they can – they can make some some really well-informed, safe decisions for themselves, for their facility. And that's what we did. We, we really communicated with state legislators in all five states in the section, governor's offices. Um, I have a lot of respect for what lobbyists do now, trying to convince so many people that golf is safe. It, it, uh, it can be a, a healthy outlet for, for people, and we're seeing that across the, across the country. And you know, knowing what the, the guidelines are in each state has been a challenge because we have our PGA professionals that need to cross state borders. And your state, for, for example, if you come down and play in a section event that takes place in Massachusetts, you need to quarantine for 14 days when you, when you go home. But if you go to play in Vermont or New Hampshire, you're okay. You don't have to quarantine when you come home. So, you know, it's, it's really a challenge to make sure that us as a staff know what the policies are, but also trying to communicate that to our professionals. So you stay, stay safe. You don't compromise your own, your own employment at your, at your facility, keep your members at your facility safe. And at the end of the day, we, we, we do what we're asked by our, our state. We try to do our part and be, you know, good neighbors and, and, and uh, like I said, keep you safe, your members safe, the staff at the facility safe. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting. It sure has. Yeah, I've definitely seen the guidance you guys have put out, and I think uh, you guys have been very thorough. And I, I, you know, we've been appreciative of all the work that you guys have put in. And then, and then the state golf associations. I, I'm sure you you regularly communicate with them. Has have you had to speak with them on a more consistent basis now, like start, such as with uh, Brian Bickford? Yeah, yeah. At, at one point, I think I was talking to the executive directors of the state golf association is more than my family. You know, we, <laughs> we try to work together to 
you know, like I said, educate our, our legislators, uh, educate our, our state leaders, and then help them through the process. So we, we work together to put together multi-phased plans uh, to reintroduce golf safely into each of the states in, in New England. And some adopted it, you know, basically word for word, while others kind of modified it a little bit. And, you know, I think that if there are some bright points to this whole pandemic, I think the Allied Golf Associations, uh, the relationships uh, really grew, grew stronger because we, we kind of dug in this together and we were all on the same page and we communicated really, really well. So um, I think that's been a, been a bright point, you know, working together with our allies to, for the same, for the same cause. And I mean, we got lit up in, in social media by a lot of, a lot of people, you know, thinking we weren't doing anything. We weren't doing it not doing enough, especially the state golf associations. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, it's really not their role. It, it was something that we assumed and, and we did on behalf of the game and, and on behalf of golfers, but it was, it was interesting to hear some of the, some of the comments and, you know, when you're talking to a Lieutenant governor and they say, you know what, I don't really care about golf. I care about keeping my residents safe. You know, it's hard to come back with anything on that other than, right. okay, well, golf is safe and it can be safe. And here's some examples from across the country, you know, with our counterparts. So this is what they're doing. This is what we can do. And, and, and this is why golf is safe. And I think once they understood it, you can, you can see golf is the only professional sport that's being played, that's being televised. Um, you know, we, we, the only thing we've seen before the PGA Tour started back up was, you know, a, a golf match at Seminole and, and then, you know, Peyton and Tom Brady and Tiger and Phil playing a match. So even on the national stage, we can see that, that golf can be, can be safe. So, you know, even if it does come back in the fall, I'm, I'm hoping that the States will say, you know what, we may have to close restaurants again. We may have to you know, close some retail stores, we may have to do some modifications to golf, but we can keep golf open. So a, I hope it never comes, it doesn't come back, but if it does, I'm hoping that we're one area that's allowed to continue. Yeah, obviously the last couple of weeks have been interesting with the sort of flare-ups in the southern states, but, you know, I, I think that's more of a case of if it's 105 degrees outside, people are going indoors where there's air conditioning, so they're all like kind of around each other. That's kind of my theory, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I know that it sounded like there's a few positive cases today uh, going into the, um, the Travelers Championship. So, you know, I, it's, it's going to happen. It's just how do, you, how do you move forward and mitigate it? And, um, yeah. you know, well, there's got to be points where you just throw your hands up and you're like, I, what do you do? It's like so day-to-day. -day. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing else I can do. You can you social distance, wear masks when, you're, when you can't, try to wash your hands, you know, uh, limit, touch, limit touch points. You know, I think I think some of the knucklehead caddies that that caught it were because they were going out to the bars in Hilton Head and doing what they weren't supposed to do. You know, yeah. and that's and that's dis that's disappointing. I, I get it. We're all frustrated. We want to have a sense of normalcy, but right. you know, going to an enclosed place with hundreds of people, um, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. what you doing? so we uh, who uh, Brooks Kepka dropped out. Was it Graham McDowell dropped out? You know, a couple yeah. Of because of their caddies. So I'm sure they're not very happy with their caddies. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard to say. I mean, he, yeah. and I guess you could pick it up anywhere, but you can. Um, you're right. You're right. You're but, absolutely right. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think it, if you're at that stage though, like you're saying, I, I think that they should be grateful to have the opportunity to be playing and have one of the few uh, live televised sports where they're actually able to go out and compete. That's at, at this time, I think uh, anything you can do to kind of stay safe and healthy, that's the way to go. Uh, I would, I would agree. You know, you've got one sport that has been allowed um, to, to play and, and it was a Clemson has 20 football players that, that have contracted COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I think it shows when you're, when you're in certain environments, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, you don't want to catch it and it, and it, and it's transmitted pretty easily. You know, it's easy to catch, I guess. If, right. And you don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want, it. I, I think I might've had it. I, I got really sick in, in February and uh, it was four days I was knocked on my, on my butt, but I either, I either had the flu really, really bad or maybe I had it, but you know, you don't, you don't want it. So Zach, Zach and I were talking and, you know, Zach brought up an interesting point, a point about how maybe in a strange way and, uh, you know, look, the coronavirus has been terrible and it, maybe it's not the best thing to say, but maybe golf in a way uh, there's a positive that comes from this for the sport, you know, rounds uh, from the courses I've spoken with and the professionals I've spoken with rounds are up across our state people are wanting to get out and play and, and maybe the PGA tour and the LPGA tour and corn Ferry tour, maybe they're all sensing like, Hey, if we kind of get back to action, we can do it safely. Um, you know, maybe we can kind of help grow the sport even more, take advantage of uh, what you have are these great fields. And uh, I mean, look at the PGA tour the last, even just the last couple of weeks, uh, exciting finishes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would, I would agree. I, I think, I have not spoken with a single PGA professional in our section yet who says that their rounds are down. They're, they're talking about their rounds being up in the month of May from the previous year. And we weren't open in Massachusetts. It's crazy. So they're up 10, 12% and they had eight less days to play, to play golf in the, in the state. Um, and we had some early, we had some early March days, which, which offset some of the, the April days that we missed. But what's really stinging is you know, the lost food and beverage revenue, the lost uh, outings, the lost charitable yeah. events, you know, those, those things, some of the member guests or member members, some of those events have, have changed or had to be, be canceled. So it, it looks different. It feels a little bit different. And those savvy PGA professionals that really are, are, are seeing the lapsed golfer come back, seeing, you know, the new golfer, you know, join, join their club and, engaging with them is, is, is so very, very important. You know, you've got this, this targeted audience now. Uh, what, what can you do to keep them engaged at your facility? I think it's a great opportunity for our PGA professionals through, through instruction, through, you know, events, through promoting, promoting their club to get new members. I think there's a, there's a great opportunity because if, if you used to be a golfer, maybe you stepped away for maybe you had a family new job, whatever it may be. And you stepped away for a little while. There's nothing else you can do unless you're a runner or a cyclist. There's no other sport you can play. So get, come back to golf. And that's what we're, and that's what we're seeing. And I think once, once people go back to, to work, you know, that they're, you know, they're, they're not working from home or they're, you know, they're, they're back really full, full time. I think it may slow down a little bit. And I think the sense of normalcy will come back a little bit when, 
you know, in Massachusetts, we go from 12 minute times back to normal, normal times. Cause right now teach yeah. <laughs> you know, from seven in the morning till six at night. So they're long, yeah. day, long days for you guys. And, um, but it, it's better than the alternative, right? No one likes sitting, sitting at home on a, on a beautiful day with golf shut down. So I think we'll all take this over the alternative. Absolutely. No. And you know, it's, it's great to see, uh, you know, like I said, the PGA Tour playing as well. I think that that got people excited. Those two matches they had. Oh man, that Tiger match! Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. I did. He was he was looking good. He was holy. He, was, really he was he was sharp. And I, I'm kind of disappointed he's waiting to play it until Memorial because he looks sharp. Yeah, it would it, it'd be nice to get him get him back, and that certainly will help the TV ratings and and uh, viewership, but. You know, I'm I'm excited that we're we're going to have a PGA Championship this year. We're going to without fans, but at least it's going to be be played in, in San Francisco. So that should be should be interesting. And you know, the big question is the Ryder Cup, right? Or, or, you know, I know a lot of players are openly saying that they think the Ryder Cup should only be played with with fans and and, and pushed it back to to 21. Which you know what I, I agree. As great as as it would be to have something to watch in September. Um, you know, I've been to a Ryder Cup, and there's there's nothing like it. With without fans, it would be. Where did you go? Uh, the uh, the Country Club in '99. Oh so wow, that was that was <laughs> a pretty good one. That was that was not bad for my my first and only Ryder Cup to go to. But there's just there's just something about the like the electricity in the in the air, and one of the greatest comebacks in all of all of sports to be to be there and witness witness that, and and certainly the U.S team has not had the best run as of, as of late. So I think, you know, one more year, build it up a little bit um, and, and get the fans there. And then, you know, and then it goes back to, I think it goes to Italy after, after that. So I, I believe they actually decided yesterday they're going to push it back. A oh, year. They did. I believe I saw that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when we'll, we'll put this episode out, but so today's the 24th of June. I think yesterday, the 23rd, they ended up posting um, that they're going to push the Ryder Cup back a year. Oh, um, good. So that probably, probably the right decision. I, you know what, if that's, if, if you're right, I think that's awesome. I think that's a, that's a wise, wise choice. So I, uh, I, I know they were talking about it and I hadn't seen anything come up, come across from, from PGA yet. So that's, I think that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, without fans, that, that event definitely is going to miss something special for sure. Right. So not, 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 you're not going to have Bob up there putting his hands up in the air on the first tee, getting <laughs> people all pumped up. No, nope. oh, nope. that's that's good. I mean, I, I, hey, I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a sports fan, right? I hope, <laughs> right. I hope we can watch college football this fall. I hope we can watch the NFL. I, I would have yeah. loved the NHL and NBA playoffs. It would have been. I know. I mean, like the Vegas trip, that was so cool. And we had the uh, Monday night football and the squares out there. So tell us about, uh, you know, some of these other kind of cool tournaments outside of the, uh, you know, the championships, you got your section championship chapter, pro assistant assistants. What about, you know, some of these, uh, these pro-ams that you guys host? I mean, these are, these are pretty cool. Yeah, we do some, you know, we do some travel, travel stuff. I mean, obviously New England section, Believe it or not, is one of the most active playing sections in, in the in the country. I mean, there could be any any given Monday with the section running an event and, and 
two to four chapters running an event on a Monday. I mean, shoot, we could have over 300 PGA professionals playing, playing golf on any given, given Monday. So you know, we have our section events uh, for our pros. We have our chapter events that are for pros, but we also have pro-ams where a professional, you know, PGA professional will bring either one or, or three members from their club or amateurs to play in, in some different formats, whether it's a pro lady or a pro senior, maybe it's a pro scratch, something, something like that, a pro officer. So a pro might bring their club president or their golf chair. And, and then we try to, we try to do some travel, travel events for 20 plus years. The section has been running a fall Las Vegas pro-am. And we actually play that in five sums for the PGA professional will bring four members from their club or four, four friends to play um, out there. We, we do an international trip. We're going to take this year off, but we always do an international trip in the fall. We've done Ireland, Scotland, and England. And uh, in the spring, we're, we're, we're going to try to do a season kickoff travel pro-am. And uh, in, in this, this year, 2020, uh, we were scheduled to go to Pinehurst. And we sold it out in our first year. Everyone was really excited to go. And we just felt it, it wasn't at the time. It, it was a tough decision to make because things were just starting to, sh- to shut down yeah. and, and not take place. And we made the decision to not, to not travel, not put our, our professionals and our in a compromising situation. I was ready to drive down there, not fly, go down there, host, run the event, play. And uh, you know, they, they were great. They worked with us. Complete refund. We rescheduled for next year. Uh, but I'm concerned about this this Vegas program. We, we've got three new courses on our on our schedule, and it's sold out in, in 45 minutes. We've got seven teams on the wait list, so I think people want to travel. People are excited to travel, and my my fingers are crossed that we we have it. It's it, it's not only a, it's a fun event, it's a great great camaraderie, um, but it's a great way to end the season. It's you know it, it gets some of our pros through the. The, the tough fall and they, they have something to look forward to. It's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. We put on a, we put on a good show for them and, and that'll look different this year too. Our, we're probably not going to be have the cocktail parties that we, we have in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the gatherings will, will probably be limited. So when you have 250 players, you got to keep them separate. So that'll look different. And, and uh, just fingers across that we, we can have it. What, what? How long ago was it when you when you came? It's been a few years now, right? Uh, yeah, and this was this was probably six years ago, five years ago, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a lot of fun. John Hickson, man, that's that was kind of uh, we're kind of a stacked kind of a stacked. What, what do you? What's his nickname? Is it Slow Mo? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't heard that. He's he's definitely a, a deliberate player, but um, he's got that baseball grip. But he's one of the best ball strikers I've ever seen. He can hit an iron just crisp and, and on on target. He's good. He's he's playing Mac O'Grady on me. I try to get him on the podcast, and he just he he likes to stay out in the cape now and just be all secretive, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's. Uh, He's doing well out there. It's 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 a different a different pace, you know, for 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 people out there. It's it's kind of chill on on, on the kid. But <laughs> I didn't even know. Good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know there was actually a, a separate chapter for the Cape Cod until he mentioned. You know, they played an event the other day. Um, so you have six chapters across New England, yep. and you know, and then obviously we have like our section tournaments and, and the championships and. 
and these pro-ams and events, I mean, it, it all helps to, to grow the game. You get these amateurs out playing with the pros and it doesn't even have to be instruction based or anything. Just get them out playing and have some fun, right? Play more golf, have a good time, spend time with your members, spend time with your, with your friends. It's a great way to build, build a relationship. You travel together, you know, you can, you can have some, some fun competitions. Always, always good, especially in a, in an environment like ours. So it's not ultra competitive and, um, but our pros do like to, to compete. And, and then, I mean, you, you know, Henry, we have our, our charitable arm of the New England PGA, our New England PGA reach, which is our, mm-hmm. our, our 501c3 foundation. And, you know, talk about growing the game and player development. We have a junior tour with, you know, 120 plus events a year for, for kids, uh, you know, 18 and under. And, you know, we, we have a, a program called PGA hope with, which stands for help our Patriots everywhere. And, there are, there are actually two Hope chapters in Maine, one in Bangor, one in, one in Portland at Riverside. And, you know, to, to, to help our, our nation's heroes through golf and have our PGA professionals really introduce golf to our, to our veterans and, and some of which, you know, saw, saw action overseas and, and, and are, are disabled as a result. So golf can be therapeutic and, and it can, and, and it can uh, help the healing process. So it's been, been wonderful. We have a Boston Children's Hospital program where our PGA professionals come in uh, a few times a year, bring in some putting greens and some golf clubs and some hitting nets. And, and we help the kids forget that they're sick for, for a little while through, through golf. And one of our, our passions is to help grow that to one children's hospital in each, in each state in our, in our section. And I'd love, I'd love nothing more than to have a New England PGA putting green in every single one of the children's hospitals throughout mm-hmm. New, New England. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, diversity is a, is a is a big, big topic in the world right right now, and and I think that's very very important. You know, growing the game of golf and in, in the minority and in, in, in women's segment, you know, it's it's I don't know traditionally looked at and seen as a as a you know old white man game, and it's and it's not. It's, it's it is a game that's that is for everyone, and we want to make golf available for everyone. And through our foundation, we can help. We can help do that, and that's that's part of our our mission. It's one of our three pillars, and it's going to be a focus of, of our of our foundation going going forward. Those our three pillars: juniors, diversity, and military. Well, one of the programs that I just think is is just awesome is the drive, chip, and putt, and what the PGA being involved with that, and what that's been able to bring about here in the past. I don't know how long has it been around now five six years i want to say yeah maybe, yeah, maybe even, even a couple, couple more it's been it's yeah. so they all kind of blend together but yeah what a what a what a program and new england Man. was one of the founding uh, pilot sections in the first year i think there were there were 10 10 of the 41 sections were, were a pilot and we run between eight and ten locals two sub-regionals and then usually one one regional event and you know, each, each child gets three drives, three putts, three chips, and they get, there's a point, point scale for each, and they have first, second, third, four, each category, and then they have overalls. And the overalls advance from the local to the, to the sub-regional, from the sub-regional to the regional, and then from the regional, um, you know, one boy and one girl from each age group gets the golden ticket, and they get to go down to Augusta National and – play the Sunday before, before the masters, they get to, to uh, participate in the drive chip and putt. And I've been fortunate to go down twice to help run it. 
and it is amazing. It's it's the, the parents who, who get to chaperone their, their kids, I think, enjoy it more than the kids, but it's they, they roll out the, the red carpet for the kids. You get on a bus at the oh, hotel. Man. They take you right down Magnolia Lane, get off the bus, and you're usually greeted by Lou Holtz or Condoleezza Rice or, or some someone wearing a green jacket welcoming you to the to Augusta National and then you, know, you get to hit balls on the range and then compete in, in the event and you know your final putt is on the 18th 18th green at Augusta National it doesn't it doesn't get much better than that for for a kid no definitely something I wish I had the opportunity to do and oh, tell me I mean it. doesn't that sound a lot better than the script sell, uh, spelling bee I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> no, no question no, grab a wedge no grab a driver and go out and and get in the uh, Go to Augusta National. Go to, go to Augusta National, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's pretty the first the first year, uh, you know, a lot of the players didn't really know what was was going on. So you had you know Adam Scott popping in to say what you know what's this all about, and uh, you know Billy Payne was the uh, the chairman at the time, and and he's like Adam, go get your jacket, put it on, you're gonna help me pass out the the, the trophies. And Bubba Watson was watching it in his hotel room and he was like, Oh my God, I got to go see this. And he left his hotel room and came to the golf course early just to see how cool this was and, and say hi to the kids. So it, it's pretty neat. And it's grown from, grown from there. Uh, almost, almost too much. Henry, to be honest with you, the first year, you know, it, it, it hadn't caught on. Yeah. And, you know, last year we had this phenomenal golfer come to a local rolled through the local rolled through the, sub-regional, rolled through the regional. And I remember talking to him and his, and his parents afterwards, and he was from California. And he's like, you know, I just thought I had a better chance of, <clears throat> excuse me, qualifying in, in Massachusetts. So we flew out for each one of the levels. Oh, and wow. I, at that point, I knew it, it, it got pretty big. <laughs> and I was, I was kind of bumming to hear, to hear that. But yeah. at the local level, it doesn't get, it doesn't get any better. It's, it's grassroots golf, and it's, it's fun for the kids. We make it – you know, we, we announce them, we announce their name, we're cheering them, high-fiving them. You know, this year it might have to be jazz jazz hands, but, um, you know, it really is a great experience for, for, for the kids. Well, I think it'll come full circle once you see one of those juniors in the ranks, like in the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, and I'm, there might already be one that's on the cusp, so... Well, it's Michael Michael Bjornsson. I think Michael. Oh, Thorpe, okay. Yeah, he he played in drive chip putt, made it down there, and and yeah, uh, yeah won won the U.S. Junior. And yeah. yeah, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see him on TV, you know, eventually. And uh, but you're you know you're totally right. You know, it's going to be amazing to see uh, the pictures of a PGA Tour player or LPGA Tour player in their you know their moment at Augusta when they were 12 years old. You know, it's pretty pretty special. Yep. Well, Mike, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but we'll uh, we'll finish this off. We always finish our podcast with our wicked fire round. Okay. So, okay. Uh, number one, your favorite course that you have played in Maine. In Maine, uh, Portland Portland Country Club. Hard to beat that one. Yeah. Uh, who do you feel will be the number one player in the world on the men's side by the end of this year? By the men's side, by the end of this year, man, tough, tough year for that question. But you know, for me, it's I think it's a toss up between Brooks and and uh, and Rory would be would be my one or one or two. You're not feeling Deschambeau 
Are you getting swole, DeChambeau? I, getting you know, swole? I, I think I think he worked. He's worked out so much. I think he's going to have Achilles problems. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's not going to be able to post up on that left side. All right. Yeah, good. Good for good for him though. He's yeah. He's a beast. And uh, how about your dream foursome? My dream dream foursome, huh? I I, I think uh, it'd be great to get. It'd be great to be able to play my dad again. Uh, so I, I definitely say my dad, I'd, I'd love to play with, uh, uh, Tiger, Tiger Woods. And I've always, I, I've always enjoyed Lee Trevino. I always thought he was a funny guy. Yeah. Very well golfer. I think he would. So I think that would be a fun, you got to say Tiger. I definitely want to play with my dad. And I think Lee would have been an enjoyable guy to play around the golf with. I think you could learn a little bit from his ball striking too. Oh man, I think so because it's it, it was a quirky little move, but he made uh, he made contact every time. Very repeatable, man. It, yeah, yep. he was good. Well, Mike, we uh, we really enjoy you coming on, and, and and thank you for all your work and what's been a crazy beginning to the start of 2020, and I'm sure it'll be ongoing as we um, you know look for some solutions here moving forward, but. Uh, if our listeners want to get involved with the PGA, maybe some of these uh, initiatives you have going, or maybe want to play in a pro-am or, you know, reach out to the PGA in any way, how can they get in touch or find you? Yeah, for sure. Well, you can always, you can always quickly visit us online at nepga.com or newenglandpga.com. And we've got a very active, uh, very active social media channel. So you can follow us at New England PGA or at NEPGA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and and uh, and snapchat so um you know I, I thanks henry it's been great to be on here it's great to catch up good to see you and yeah thanks for the thanks for the opportunity absolutely yeah thank you for coming on so and uh you can follow us on instagram and facebook at main golf talk we are on itunes and spotify if you guys are on there we certainly appreciate any feedback and reviews you can offer and this has been another episode thank you mm-hmm.